From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. The June 28, 2015 edition of VK National News. You've tuned. I'm Graham VK for Baker Baker. A Ringwood North Amateur Radio Mast is to go ahead because the structure will be used for recreational purposes, which means it does not need a permit. The Herald Sun reports a neighbour of the VK3 ham, Fiona Jenkins, was concerned about the value of her property and had complained to the Marunda Council. Marunda Council Mayor Tony Dibb said the installation of the radio mast did not require a permit because it was being used for a hobby, not commercial use. Councillor Dibb said the street was within a neighbourhood residential zone and the planning scheme allowed for this activity without a permit. The Tasmanian government, VK7, will spend $15.3 million over the next two years to deliver an Integrated Emergency Services Computer-Aided Dispatch System, an ESCAD. The system will replace the three non-integrated CAD systems, The SCAD system will replace the three non-integrated CAD systems used by Tasmania Police, Fire Service and Ambulance Tasmania and the manual process used by the State Emergency Service. The Integrated Emergency Dispatch System was a key recommendation of the 2013 Tasmanian Bushfires Inquiry. SCAD is due to be fully delivered in 2017. Aussie Balloon continues to make history. The launching of Pico Balloon PS46, carrying an amateur radio payload more than a month ago, has achieved a place in the record books by having gone around the Southern Hemisphere twice. Andy VK3YT, who launched PS46, says the weather plays a big part for these party balloons. There hasn't been any cyclones or large storms in the last few weeks in the path of PS46. It appears that after going around for a while at this time of the year, the balloon is consistently moving up north, bypassing the much faster jet stream down south. At last report, it was only some 3,000 kilometres from its starting point at longitude 144.894 degrees east. Hopefully PS46 can try a third trip around the southern hemisphere. Anzac 100 events on air. The VK100 Anzac commemoration of the RAF secret mission held June 17-18 at the ghost town of Farina in South Australia's far north saw a local mall memorial ceremony remembering how John Bell, born in Farina, joined the RAAF in July of 39, was in the UK with others to get some new aircraft when World War II broke out in that September. In 1940, he volunteered to rescue Madame de Gaulle in France. The amphibious plane crashed, killing all four crewmen. Paul, VK5PAS and others activated VK100 Anzac, making about 220 contacts, mostly VK and ZL, plus some into Europe, the USA and Mexico. Meantime, June 27 for three days, Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group has VK100 Anzac on, commemorating Lieutenant George Ingram, the only local and the final Victoria Cross recipient in World War I. July 1, Vincent Henderson, VK7VH, will be on the air as VK100WIA for the Battle of the Somme. This in France, 1916, one of the largest battles. It used air power and the first tank in battle. 
The Anzac 100 program is on the WIA website. To register for an appropriate event, contact WIA Vice President Fred Swainston, VK3DAC. VK1 WIA, all local news. We go around VK in 80 seconds. And around VK we go, from Morse to Magnetron. That's the title of an exhibition assembled by the Geelong Amateur Radio Club in VK3. It will be held in Geelong during July this year. More with Brian, VK3GR, and special interest group news later in this bulletin. The Homebrew Construction Group will have a tune and test day at its July meeting, with test equipment being supplied by group members. This on Saturday, July 4 at 2pm in the Amateur Radio Victoria Rooms, 40G Victory Boulevard, Ashburton, and all are welcome. As well as a tune and test day, the group will also talk about the latest project in the show and tell segment. Inquiries and comments can be sent to, and here's the email address, homebrew at amateurradio.com.au. VK4 and the Tark Club Rooms Working Bee want to help keep some radio heritage sorted and terrific. Tarkadians and support crew in the Townsville area will be helping out at the Tark Club Rooms to fix, sort out and tidy the many items used, stored and displayed at the heritage listed site and many hands make light work, so come along and help sort historical documents and equipment, fix antennas, decide what will be released to the next few monster auctions, and socialise. The Working Bee runs 1pm to 5pm Saturday, July 11, and 11 to 2, Sunday, July 12. From VK4 to VK5, and we'll hear from Bob VK5FO, and also VK5HCF with a report on the South East Radio Group's 51st Annual Convention. Here's Cole. The weekend was again a success for the club, with the main focus being the Australian Fox Hunting Championships. Here is a condensed report from Andrew, VK5KET, our Fox Hunt organiser. Six teams from VK3 and three teams from VK5 competed over the Saturday and Sunday in a number of different events for championship honours. Events included two foot-based sniffer hunts and road events on various bands including 80, 10, 6, 2 metres, 70 centimetres and 23 centimetres. There was an ARDF style road event where there are four transmitters transmitting on the same frequency and sequence. At the end of the weekend it came down to the last event with the VK3 BLN team coming away triumphant. VK3 FAST was a close second, with VK3 OW rounding out the top three. Congratulations to all the competitors who are already looking forward to next year. A big thank you to the Surgeon Narracourt Club members who played Fox over the weekend. Another highlight of the weekend is the home brew competition. Here is a brief summary of the event and the weekend by John, VK5DJ, one of our expert judges. The home brew competition was well supported, with 14 excellent entries. For those looking for a radio gear or parts, there was a good selection of new and pre-loved gear. The finale dinner was a great evening, and followed a talk by Brian, VK3YNG, on surface mount techniques and a video of the 2014 fox hunts. I would suggest that if all this sounds interesting you had better mark your calendars for next year's long weekend, the 11th, 12th and 13th of June 2016. We would love to see you there. Good morning, this is Bob, VK5FO for the Amateur Radio Experimenters Group. 
Wednesday the 15th of July 2015 is the 100 year anniversary of the proclamation of Morialta Falls as a national pleasure resort and is now known as the Morialta Conservation Park. Members of AREG will be operating a special event station, VI5 MCP, between the 11th and the 26th of July. The aim of this special event station is to celebrate the 100th anniversary and to further promote awareness of portable operations and awards. Activations of the Morialta Conservation Park qualify for both the South Australian National Parks and Conservation Parks Award and the Worldwide Flora and Fauna Award. There will be multiple activities from Morialta over the two weeks with the main event planned for the weekend of the 18th and 19th of July. Please keep an eye on the AREG website at www.areg.org.au for details on the planned activation times and frequencies. We hope to get you in the logs of Victor India 5, Mike Charlie Papa, Special Event Station. This is Bob, VK5FO. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. What use is an F call? On previous occasions, I've spoken about contesting and what it might add to your amateur experience. I know that there are amateurs who are convinced that contesting isn't for them. You'll never hear them on air. They don't think it's worthwhile. It's too complicated. It's not fun. It's not them. I beg to differ. In my opinion, contesting is among the most fun you can have with an amateur radio, and it's the most challenging, rewarding and fundamental test of your amateur abilities. I know you might be thinking that your station isn't up to the task, but I learnt at an early age that if you don't try, you're guaranteed to fail. Of course, there are contests that are high profile, attract the bulk of the worldwide amateur community and flood the band with their noise, but there are also smaller and even tiny contests where you can practice and get your feet wet. There is at least one contest every weekend of the year, that's 52 contests right there. But the reality is that there are many, many more contests than that. In essence, a contest is the process of sending unique information to another station and receiving unique information from them, logging the exchange and moving on to the next station. What the exchange is differs for each contest. For some, it's a number that keeps incrementing each time you make a contact. For others, it's your state, or your years in amateur radio, or your location, or any number of other forms of exchange. A contest is, of course, not just sending and receiving information. It's a test of your equipment, your radio, antenna, microphone, logging software, and any number of other aspects of the hobby that will challenge you. You'll learn about propagation, you'll use your phonetic alphabet more than you thought possible, and you'll learn that different countries have different preferences for their phonetics. Some contests run for a short time, an hour, others for two or more days. In each contest, preparation is a big part of the experience. Not just preparation of your gear, but also of yourself, your diet, sleep, fitness and the like. Depending on how seriously you take your contesting, you might find yourself in training before a big one and exchanging ideas and lessons with some of your friends. 
Perhaps he'll join together and run a contest station with multiple radios going at the same time, at which point you'll be learning about interference firsthand. Getting started on a contest is simple. Go online, do a search for amateur radio contests. You'll find calendars, rules, logging software, educational material, videos, documents, and much more. Before you start a contest, read the rules and make sure you understand them. Have a listen around the bands to get a feel for the tempo of the contest and dive in. Some terms you're going to come across are HP or high power, SO2R or single operator two radios. You'll come across a concept of a multiplier, which is a scoring mechanism that often doubles your score every time you get a multiplier. For example, you might get a multiplier for each zone you work, or for each country, or for a contact on a different band. Sometimes the scores differ depending on whom you talk to on which band. Sometimes it's a different score for a different distance, or more points for talking to a QRP station. So it pays to understand the rules. There are many tricks to learn, people to talk to, and things to do. But the first step is to get over the mindset that contesting isn't your thing. If you have questions about contesting, drop me a line via email, vka6flab at wia.org.au. I hope I've given you some food for thought. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot Lima Alpha Bravo. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Flooding in ZL land. Steady rain fell over Dunedin early June with 175mm falling across the city over a 20-hour period and a record for Dunedin. Stormwater drains were overloaded and many homes and businesses on the flat were flooded. The regular amateur radio weekly meeting of Branch 30 was cancelled. Ross ZL4RC said floodwater extended all the way across the road with the path to the clubhouse totally submerged. A few calls on 690 and troops arrived with bins, bags and pumps and tall gumboots. The clubroom's floor had been under 200mm of probably contaminated water. Much new and old equipment was submerged, including a new F7000 HF radio, a Wacom duplexer and a set of LMR VHF and UHF radios for use portable for ARIC work and it seems the building is insured, but unfortunately not the contents. And still the rains come down. Mumbai, Victor Uniform Land, has received its first heavy monsoon season showers, bringing the city to a grinding halt. DNA Mumbai reports, even though Bruhan Minbai Municipal Corporation's BMC's monsoon preparedness was questioned, many remedial steps were taken. One such step was the setting up of ham radios in various parts of the city, in case all other communications fail. Ankur Puranik, VU2 Alpha X-Ray November, co-founder of the Disaster Amateur Radio Emergency Services, DARES, a group of ham radio operators, explains, Currently the rainfall is so heavy that public transport is not being able to function normally. Communications are being done effectively over phones and wireless transmitters up to now, but we have been asked to stay on standby in case it worsens. NASA and the United Nations Office of Outer Space Affairs, UNOOSA, UNUSA, have launched a global photography competition to highlight how the vantage point of space helps us better understand our home planet, improve lives and safeguard our future by aiding sustainable development on Earth. 
to highlight the role of space-based science and technologies and their applications on Earth, NASA and UNUSA are inviting the public to submit photos depicting why space matters to us all in our daily lives. To participate, post a picture and description on Instagram using the hashtag WhySpaceMatters and tagging at UNUSA. NASA astronaut Scott Kelly, who is three months into a one-year mission aboard the International Space Station, will announce the winning photo each month by posting it from his Instagram account at Station CDR Kelly. Weird and wonderful technology history news. In 1913, two 386-kilometre-long electric lines, the longest in the world at the time, began carrying power from the Big Creek hydroelectric dams in the Sierra Nevada mountains southward to customers in Los Angeles. However, unexplained short circuits that cropped up in the months after the expensive upgrade threatened to turn this marvel of engineering into a failure. The rate of disruptive flashovers, arcs of electric current that sometimes leapt from the wires to the steel towers and into the earth, jumped dramatically, leading to power interruptions seconds to minutes long every two or three days on average. After a few desperate months of investigation, researchers finally discovered the culprit, vast amounts of bird excrement. The solution emerged once a worker saw what appeared to be an eagle perched on the top of a transmission tower. As the bird took to flight, it emptied its bowels, letting loose a long jet of droppings onto the power lines. Lab tests later confirmed that such bird streamers could have caused flashovers by carrying current from the power lines to the steel towers, even without touching either. The poop trails themselves were destroyed by the concentrated energy of the resulting electric arc, leaving no observable evidence. In response, Southern California Edison installed barriers, spikes and excrement-catching pans on the towers at considerable expense, and the number of short circuits soon dropped significantly. As the power grid became more sophisticated, it was segmented, and automatic relays were installed so that power could be more easily restored as well. Still, bird streamers continue to be a problem even in the 21st century, with research on them continuing across the globe in areas such as Florida, China, Estonia and South Africa. News, talk and radio sport, here with VK1 WIA. Operational news on Felix, VK4FUQ 2015. Trans-Tasman contest 18 July from 0800 hours UDC. 1010 International Summer Contest August 1 and 2. Remembrance Day Contest, August 15 and 16. Oceania DX Contest Voice, first full weekend in October. Oceania DX Contest CW, second full weekend in October. The Fishers Ghost Amateur Radio Club has a new contest commencing July 1. They have been running a trial of this contest in-house since October 2014 with great results. They advise that the contest has proved to be fun, challenging and rewarding for the DX Chaser. The contest was developed in memory of their friend and fellow club member, Ted Powell, VK2AU, Solon Key. He passed away in April 2014. Ted's passion was working Red EX and at the time of his passing, Ted had worked 301 entities and confirmed 300 by Curazol cards. The objective of this contest is to work the most wanted DXCC entity during an award period. The winner will be at the station who works the most wanted DXCC entity based on its ranking in club logs most wanted list current at the start of the particular award period. There are also awards for the second and third place. There are four award periods per year each running for three months. For more information, contest rules and entry submission details, see the contest website www.vk2au.org. The ZL Memorial Contest will be held first weekend of July. 
This annual event is held to commemorate those New Zealand amateur radio operators who lost their lives in World War II. It is an easy, short-duration contest and an ideal starter for someone new to amateur radio and contesting. Rules are unchanged from 2014, except for dates, of course, and together with summary and log sheet templates are available from nzart.org.nz. Special event stations DX, Began, Repeater and NetAdvice. 20th 73 on 73 award issued. Congratulations to David Dialaciel, IW0HLG, for working 73 different stations on AO73 since September 1, 2014, and becoming the 20th recipient of the 73 on 73 award. The ZS90SARL call sign is active until December 31, 2015. To date, 12,000 plus contacts have been made with 4,500 confirmations, according to Logbook of the World. ZS90SARL has already achieved a mixed mode DXCC and is six more confirmations away from CWDXCC. For VK1WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Winningham. From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. I'm Brian, VK3GR, with Worldwide Special Interest Group News, beginning at CW. From Morse to Magnetron, that's the title of an exhibition assembled by the Geelong Amateur Radio Club to be held in Geelong during July this year. The exhibition is of military communications, signalling and navigational technology from World War I, approximately, to the Vietnam era, and is part of our nation's centenary commemoration of Gallipoli. Free to the public, the exhibition includes interactive displays and educational areas for students, as well as the real hardware which chronicles the rapid development in communications over the years. All are welcome to come and see this unique collection of equipment spanning from the trenches through early airborne radar to the space age. The collection includes a spy and coast watch section, as well as some Australian designed and built equipment. A reminder of when we had an electronics industry. The exhibition is at Osborne House, Swinburne Street, North Geelong. It's open from 10am to 4pm each Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, commencing from July the 2nd. Want to know more? Go to the GARC website at www.vk3atl.org. Now to Final Frontier. QB50P2 FM transponder tested. AMSAT Francophone reports that the FM transponder on QB50P2, that's EO80, has been tested. A Google English translation of the post on their website reads, On Tuesday, June 16, 2015, almost one year after the launch, the AMSAT F FM transponder on QB50P2 was activated by the main control station in the Netherlands for the duration of an orbit. A very strong signal was received back on Earth. The transponder was turned off at the end of the orbit, and in a few weeks, the transponder should be activated permanently. Now to Worldwide Special Interest Group's IOTA. South Solitary Island, New South Wales, Australia, IOTA activation. The Hellenic Amateur Radio Association of Australia will activate South Solitary Island in New South Wales, Australia, that's OC194, between July 26 to July 28, 2015. As a first-time activation of South Solitary Island, it will be sought after by many DXs and IOTA chasers.
Worldwide Special Interest Groups, Rescue Radio. From the 11th to the 14th of June, 13 members of Wyson, New South Wales participated in the State Rescue Board-sponsored multi-agency search and rescue exercise, SAREX 2015. The exercise was based in the Dewa National Park inland from Maruya. Led by the police force, approximately 180 personnel from many agencies, including the Volunteer Rescue Association, in particular the Bushwalkers and Wilderness Rescue Squad and Wyson, Ambulance, Rural Fire Service, State Emergency Service, National Parks and Wildlife Service and the Westpac Lifesaver Helicopter. Operationally, Wyson managed in an area with no mobile telephone coverage, three search networks, a fleet of 18 APRS trackers, a Windlink HF system for incoming and outgoing email, including regular sit reps to agency command centres in Sydney. Thanks to VK2SYD for supporting us with this link. More details of the event will be available soon on our website. This is Doug, VK2DCR, on behalf of Wyson NSW Incorporated. Now to VK4 in Bundaberg and Gail, VK4ION. The club has recently purchased new equipment for our Wyson group and they've been looking for field experience and community events to improve their skills. We certainly found one at Clarkie's Petrolhead Paradise. This is a cattle property near Lowmead, halfway between Bundy and Gladstone, which opens its gates to a Gladstone Motorcycle Club for a two-day cross-country challenge. And with over 500 riders attending, it was a sea of campers and caravans at this fun family outing. And our duty was to provide the comms in the identified black spots. There is some serious high country up behind Lowmead, and UHF just wouldn't make the distance. So Ross, VK4JRO, built a temporary 2-metre repeater with a 1.7 megahertz split and placed it on a high ridge. This gave us perfect comms over the two days. We ran four portable stations scattered around the course and the organisers said they'd never had such reliable comms. We've been invited back next year and we've even been asked if we would travel to do their Billawheeler ride. This has been Gail, VK4ION for the Bundaberg Amateur Radio Club. I'm Brian, VK3GR, back again with Rewind, a look back at our history. For decades, Australia had the Wireless Telegraphy Act that began in 1905 and was amended along the way. What that act had was a somewhat archaic provision that made it unlawful basically to have a receiver or transmitter without ministerial approval. It said, If a justice of the peace is satisfied that any appliance is established, erected, maintained or used in contravention of this act, or the regulations for the purpose of transmitting or receiving messages by means of wireless telegraphy, he may grant a search warrant to any person. Some radio inspectors use the possession of equipment, not the use of it, just having it in your possession, as enough evidence of potential wrongdoing. This led to raids on likely targets. When a hand-bought radio transmitting equipment, the retailer then often asked if an amateur license was held. It was replaced by the Radio Communications Act, a modern look at spectrum management. Gone was the W&T Act's possession law. The emphasis in the new act was on the use of transmitting equipment. The Radio Communications Act received a lot of input, including that from the Wireless Institute of Australia. It introduced class licenses for devices without the need for an individual license fee. Among many other measures, it addressed were the emissions of devices even those not intended to emit but can cause interference. The Department of Communications now wants to replace the Radio Communications Act with new legislation. In its spectrum review, it suggests a single licensing system, 
user spectrum management, improved compliance and enforcement, and other changes. Announced is a review of the ACMA itself. It manages the radio spectrum broadcasting and telecommunications. The era of review is on accord with the government wanting to be more efficient and removing unnecessary red tape. Again, closely involved in these processes is the WIA looking to protect amateur radio. It will be making a submission on the spectrum review recommendations and is looking at the ACMA review too. At the bottom of the news, time for the social scene. Let's have a look at July. Now, in July, in VK4, it's the Kabulcha Ham Fest. Now, we would ask that, if you're interested in the Kabulcha Ham Fest, that you contact the club, as the date may have changed from what we've been uh, announcing since, oh, way back in December 7th when we were given it. Uh, we've checked out their uh, club webpage, but no upcoming date since uh, March are shown on that. So check with Kabulcha Ham Fest, but that uh, Ham Fest should be coming up in the first few weeks of July. We did have July 1, but that just can't be right. July 11 to 12 in VK3, Gipps Tech 2015. July 18 in VK3, Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club Ham Fest at Cranbourne. And July 25 in VK3, Alara's 40th birthday lunch. Now, if any of the YLs are happening to be in the Melbourne area, we would suggest that you contact VK3VIP at wia.org.au. VK3VIP at wia.org.au. And there still may be room for you at the 40th birthday lunch, Novotel Glen Waverley. Now, till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. What's up, Lee? From Australia, this has been VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.